Hey toy family, welcome to the Marshamp Toy Hour where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham, and joining us tonight is the queen of saying last names, Teresa Hawkins. <laughs> Hello. The debonair of Double G Toys, George Gaspar. Hello. And the director of Designer Con, Ben Goretzky. Hello. Hey, Ben. How's it going? Good. How was, uh, I heard you got a little case of the, uh, the nerd flu or the con crud. How you uh, feeling? I got the, I got a little bit of the con crud. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling good now. Are you? I, good. St- I still have it. I'm still, oh. I'm still coughing up some lung butter. Uh, um, yeah. Lung butter? <laughs> That's disgusting, oh. Gary. <laughs> I recommend just, like, the hardest liquor you got and just drink some of that. Uh, that see. makes everything better. I have Mike's Hard White Peach Lemonade. How will that do? <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's cooler. Oh, that's just awful. That's the Gary Ham version that's of right. your recommendation. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't get much harder oh. than that for me. So, there Ben, congratulations yes. on another hugely successful designer con. Thank you. Thank you so much. I haven't been the last to the last three, but I've heard from a lot of chatter from people who did attend this year. And everyone said it was like extremely well more attended than previous years. Did it seem that way to you? Uh, yeah, it was a lot more <laughs> attendance than last year. We basically had the same amount of attendance that we had in the entire weekend of last year. We had just on Saturday of this year. Wow, that's great. I mean, do you guys know what the actual number of attendance was? Yeah, um, total attendance this year, and and the thing is, it gets a little tricky because kids 12 and under are free, so we try to keep track of that, but it's kind of like loose, which is why our numbers are always a little bit, you know, give or take a little bit, but um, our attendance was uh, somewhere between 36 to... 38,000 people. Wow, that is yeah. awesome. That's yeah. a lot. It was great. Yeah. It's very good. And I think the uh, vendors felt it. <laughs> you felt it everywhere, inside the convention. And even when you walked outside at 3 and 4 o'clock, there were still lines of people waiting to get in. At one point, yeah. I sort of felt that like maybe the fire marshals actually might shut it down. That, trust me, I was concerned about that as well. And we kept track of of the numbers. We also had members of my team constantly walk the halls to see if there was anything that was, like, clogged or if it felt too tight. There were definitely areas inside the hall, especially where the raffles were going on and the long lines for the Japanese limited edition figures that was a little bit clogged up, but that was just throughout the whole day. Um, and at one point, Hall C <laughs> seemed like it was a little bit too full, but I think for the most part, we did fairly well because our show does have a lot of flow, mm-hmm. meaning there's a lot of people that come and go, and then you know there's a lot of people that will leave and then come back, or just you know they'll show up for a couple of hours and then they're they're just done with the show. So we have the different types of flow going on and that helps as well what do you well i would say i you would attribute the extreme growth of attendance to the martian toy hour because we help basically promote designer con all year long but yeah i'm sure not everyone believes that's the case so what would you attribute it to 
we canceled all of the marketing and we we put all of our dollars with you. You got the check, right? No. Did you transfer it uh, through wire transfer? Oh my god, we sent like a massive check to you. I it got, got cash. I got nothing. I got I, cash. I, oh, <laughs> wait a minute, wait. Uh, George, I gave it to you, and then you said you'd take care of it. So. Uh, yeah, I said I totally sent it to Gary. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I think I'm helping him fund his next wedding, George. <laughs> oh, congratulations, George! Yeah, congrats, buddy. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, congrats. You want to take five minutes and tell us how you did it? Uh, how I did the asking? Yeah, how'd you ask her? Yeah. Yeah. Did you do uh, something cute? Let's wait till she gets home, and then she can <laughs> she can tell you about it. Oh, right. uh, there you go. <laughs> um. So Ben, how about we get back talking to you? So one reason one you wanted to have you join is there's been some confusion, some chatter going on about the big designer con move next year. So you oh. want to clear some of that up? So designer con will be moving from Pasadena to Anaheim next year. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Okay. So. What are some of the reasons for the move? Is it just simply because you've outgrown the Pasadena Convention Center, or are there other factors at play? Y- yes, and there is. There's there's a couple of things. So, first of all, as anybody who's been coming to the show for years has probably seen that the show is has been slowly outgrowing the Pasadena Convention Center. We are taking up all their halls and. Last year was the first year that we did Hall C, which tacked on a good amount of square footage and a good amount of space for us. But still, there was this like stigma of being in Hall C, a separate hall from the ballroom and Hall A, B, as well as the lobby area. And this year, Hall C was a lot better. I mean, there was a constant flow of traffic. And we also utilize the front lobby as well as the side lobby areas. But we realize that if we really want to keep the show growing, and by growing, I don't mean adding more vendors. I mean, like, just letting our current vendors have more space. Yeah. Or expanding the footage between the aisles so people can walk a little bit easily. You know, so... In order for us to do that, we have to move to a bigger venue. Now, that being said, one of the things that happened this year was uh, we were actually going to keep the show in Pasadena for 2018. We were. And one of the things that happened, unfortunately, is another company came along, a production company, a little show by the name of... America's Got Talent. Oh. Yeah, they they film, and uh, I don't know if you guys know, but, you know, the Pasadena has a huge theater or auditorium, and they film things like The Voice and America's Got Talent, and they used to film, um, you know, uh, American Idol and all that stuff over there. Huh. And America's Got Talent is actually going to be filming or wrapping up filming next year around the same time that we had the show planned and what ended up happening was the pasadena convention center had contacted us and told us hey unfortunately we've got some bad news that next year you can't have hall c wow and that was like oh my god what am i gonna do because it's already 
the waiting list for for designer con is already massive and it's it's a great thing because you know a lot of people want to do the show but it's also kind of awful because we have to say no to all these people that want to get in yeah yeah so to go back and tell the current vendors that we have and the current people that have been doing the show that by the way we're actually going we're we're going to be doing the show again in Pasadena but hey you know that additional 20,000 square feet that we had for the past 2 years that's going to be gone yeah so you're going to lose your spot Jeez. and um we just couldn't do that so that makes sense yeah it's it's just one of those things and we already had planned for 2019 in Anaheim so we were already talking to uh, representatives at the Anaheim Convention Center, and when we got the news, which by the way, we got the news literally about three weeks before the show. <laughs> okay. And, and uh, one of the things that we quickly had to do was the back of the booklet that everybody gets when they come to the show, mm-hmm. which by the way, the cover was designed by awesome artist Tara McPherson this year. Uh, the back of the booklet has a see you next year with the dates and the location. And we had to quickly go in and change that because we had see you next year, you know, three days Pasadena convention center. And we had to change Pasadena convention center to Anaheim convention center. Wow. So, yeah. (laughs) So is, is the move going to be permanent or is it just going to be on a trial? Do you think I see the move as permanent because once we get to a certain size, we can't go back. Sure. So the, the the moment that we moved more booths into the lobby area uh, like three or four years ago, after that we were like, well, we, we can't not do that anymore. Yeah. The moment we took over Hall C, and especially this year where we really utilized it, and a lot of traffic went through Hall C, and it was great, we can't go back. So Anaheim Convention Center, we are taking – what's called Hall C, which is kind of funny that we're all moving into (laughs) Hall C. Um, But Hall C is 155,000 square feet. And the current square footage that we've been taking for the past two years with Pasadena's Hall C was 90,000 square feet. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's great. So we're expanding by 65,000 square feet, which sounds like a lot, but... If you think about, you know, you start expanding the rows and then we're, we are going to start putting the panels inside the hall instead of a separate room, which we had to do mm-hmm. in Pasadena. And, you know, we're, we're going to be doing things like lounge areas and just more breathing room for everybody. Ben, now you got time. You got plenty of room for that battle of the uh, designer toy stars that I've you know, been suggesting. No, no that's that. No, we could do the works. You could do an obstacle course and tag of war. It'll be fun. <laughs> Plenty of room for the decon award show. A decon oh. award show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've got some great ideas. And then um, on top of it, Anaheim has a rooftop on their uh, on the convention center, which we can use for parties uh, or other things. And, that sounds um, cool. Yeah, and 
Come on, everybody. We're going to the House of the Mouse. Disneyland's right next door. Yeah. I mean, I was I was actually really excited about that, Ben. But then I, I started going to the Disney travel blogs and sort of stuff like that. Uh-huh. And they're saying that as, that is actually one of the busiest weeks all, for all year for Disneyland. So it's going to be really busy there. Like, it's it's peak week. Um, Once it hits, the like, close to the holidays, it's always busy. But yeah. it's, it's going to be great because, one, parking is going to be so easy. Right now, if in Pasadena, we literally max out the parking. It's it's like it's horrible. Like the convention center and the Paseo Mall across the street can't handle the amount of traffic that we give them. So Disneyland and downtown Disney and the area around the convention center, which for those who don't know, Disneyland Park is literally walking distance from the convention center. Sweet. So. All of that provides us with a ton of parking. Same thing with the hotels. The hotel situation, a lot of people have been you know, complaining over the years that I can't get a hotel room. I have to get a hotel room a couple of miles away. I can't just walk over. Once again, because the park is right there and because it's Disneyland and Anaheim, the hotel situation is going to be so much better. And and then you know, we're working on things like you know, maybe getting vendors, like special discount passes to disneyland which, oh that would be awesome yeah so we're working on things like that. and we already know that a lot of the vendors especially the ones that travel to be at designer con one of the things that they do monday when everything is said and done mm-hmm. is they go to disneyland yeah so it's great and you know there's a lot of people like saying like well i fly into lax and I know it's only about a 20-minute drive to Pasadena, and now i got to drive all the way to Anaheim. <laughs> hey, guys, by the way, there's a free shuttle from LAX. Not just a shuttle. There's multiple shuttles from LAX that take you to Disneyland for free, hmm. completely free. And they really? leave, like, every hour. Yeah. That's awesome. And all you have to do is tell them, like, as long as you're okay with them dropping you off, at Disneyland, which, by the way, is like a block away from the convention center, then you get the ride for free. Yeah, and then if you need to go to your hotel, what, maybe $5 for an Uber. Exactly. That sounds great. Now, is, is, be... L- is LAX the best airport to fly into? I also heard there's like um, Bob Hope Airport. So, yeah, so Bob Hope or uh, Burbank, uh, I think they call it Burbank Hollywood Airport now or – um, you can still fly in there, definitely. Uh, there are shuttles that still take you to Disneyland for free there. The reason why we would um, recommend Bob Hope in the past a lot is because it, the closest airport to Pasadena, it's literally about, I think, a 14-mile drive. But if you're looking for an even closer airport, which is similar in like the size of Bob Hope, I would recommend John Wayne Airport. Ah, okay. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, that's I knew it was some sort of celebrity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, and that one's right in Orange County, and it's probably like like um, Bob Hope is to Pasadena, like fourteen miles. It's John Wayne's probably just as close to Disneyland. I was gonna ask Ben. So you know, like I, I think it's good to know there's gonna be a lot of parking and hotel options, but do you think they'll be more expensive? To pay for parking and to pay for hotels because of their proximity to Disney? No. 
I think it's actually going to be the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because really? Disneyland doesn't make their money on parking. They make their money on you going to the park and spending 10 bucks on a churro. What they really don't make their money on the parking. Uh, downtown Disney parking, and George, I don't know, you know this better than I do, or I wish Sarah Jo was here, she would know, but like, I'm pretty sure downtown Disney parking, if you go eat at one of the restaurants there, it's free for like three hours, I think. Okay. And, and yeah, I but think, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think you'd park there. You'd probably there, there's other parking around in the area to go to. The, the convention center has parking and things like that. Right, and it, it's just as comparable in price to to Pasadena, if not less. Yeah, and I've already looked into the hotels, and I can say that they're already looking much cheaper than what I was seeing in Pasadena. So it is peak week for Disneyland that week. So hotel prices are, are on average about twenty to forty dollars. <laughs> More yeah. expensive than off-peak, but it's still going to range about between about 124 to $150 a night for a room. And that's if you're not staying at the Disneyland Hotel or somewhere super and, expensive. Yeah, yeah, that's a heck of a lot better. And honestly, like I would even say don't rush into booking a hotel room right now because we are working on some pretty awesome deals for hotel blocks. And Anaheim <laughs> is very flexible, much more flexible than – Pasadena. And here's the other thing. I don't want it to sound like I'm bagging on Pasadena this whole thing. Like Pasadena has been our home for 12 years. 12 years they have done an amazing job in helping us and accommodating us in getting us everything that we could possibly need to grow the show and to get it to where it is. And don't get me wrong, I love the city of Pasadena, and I love the convention center, and I love the people that work there. It's just, it's time for us to to move, and it, the show has to grow, or else, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, a lot of people say, like, they love the feel of the show because it's in Pasadena and because it's that size, it has an indie and, vibe in Pasadena. People are concerned yeah. about it being more corporate going to Anaheim. Yeah, but what they really have to realize is, and if you really step back and you take a look at the show, you realize that the feel of the show is not there because it's in Pasadena. The feel of the show is there because of the vendors and the artists and even the attendees that we get. That is what makes the show. If you really think about it, Pasadena provides us with a room. And in this case, they provide us with a 90,000 square foot room. And what we do is we fill it with amazingness. We fill it with this vibe that people are feeling. And all we're doing is we're going into a bigger room, a bigger rooftop, and something that will accommodate us better. And the same great artists and the same great vendors and the same great attendees are going to show up and we're still going to have that amazing vibe. I like what you're throwing down then. Thank you. Now let me ask you this. Me you, too. You mentioned that, so it's going to be a bigger space. And I think one of the concerns some people have mentioned is um, how much extra room do you, are you going to add for additional vendors? I mean, you're already at 400 plus vendors. Do you see adding, you know, 200 more vendors for, to fill this we're space? Gonna, or are you going to keep, gonna, still cap it? 
we're gonna fill every little corner and we're gonna <laughs> shove like two thousand more vendors and there won't even be breathing no we're not, we're not gonna do that <laughs> not duplexes <We're> not... <laughs> exactly sardine cans for everyone um no uh the the, re- the real reason why we need a bigger space is because our current vendors are asking for more space and we don't have it yeah no that makes sense but um i guess what i'm trying to say is it going to be the number of booths or another of yeah so like the number of actual booths or vendors going to be capped around the same that was at pasadena or do you see a considerable amount of additional ones being added i mean we've been capping it we we've been like here's the thing if i really wanted to get every single person on the waiting list and at this point our waiting list is far more than 1500 people that's 1500 artists companies manufacturers suppliers whatever it is more than 1500 people trying to get in if i wanted to just pull the trigger and let everybody in i could have gone to pasadena and said give me hall a b and c we could have been the same size as WonderCon, which is huge. Yeah, no one but wants that. It's, but I don't want that. Yeah. Nobody wants that, like you said. And that's why we are. We're, we've, we've been capping the show. Good. Every year okay. we cap the show. And, but here's the thing. Every year the attendance goes up. And every year the show keeps growing. So we're able – to go back and say, you know what, this year we can let another 100 vendors in here because we've got an additional 10,000 people walking through the door. Yeah, yeah. So we're able to do that. We're able to put in another 100 companies. Now, we're probably going to be doing the same thing next year where we're not going to keep it at exactly the same amount of vendors, but the vendors that we are going to be adding, we're looking into... Companies like Medicom, companies like Hot Toys, which still play a very significant role in our toy scene. Definitely. We're not inviting people like Hasbro and Mattel and, you know, um, Jack Specific and things like that. We're inviting the toy companies that play a big role in our scene. This year, we were lucky enough to have Mighty Jacks which played as a huge sponsor for us. You know, we were lucky enough to have companies like Toy Cube, Instinct Toys, Unbox, uh, Pop Life, which is Mind Style. I mean, all these toy companies which play a significant role, once again, in our scene. Mm-hmm. So we want to keep adding those companies. But I'll be honest with you, a lot of these guys, it's very hard for us to convince them to do a show unless we give them a good amount of space. Yeah. And we've been lucky that companies like Mighty Jacks and Toy Cube have said, okay, we'll be content with a 10 by 20, but can you give us a 20 by 20 next year? And like, if we were in Pasadena, I would literally have to tell them, like, I'm sorry, guys, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Even though I know you're going to fill a 20 by 20 with amazing displays and you're going to bring out most awesome freaking toys in our industry i can't give you that space and now i can now i can do that will it also be so at like in hall c right ben a lot of those are not really even booths they're just tables so right. will 
everyone who tends to be in Hall C that has the smaller spaces is the idea that everyone will be on a more even playing field when it comes yes. to boost size for all yes. the other vendors? Very good point. So this year we tried the artist tables. We kind of created like an artist alley, even though if you walked in Hall C, the quote-unquote artist tables were actually just vendors that weren't lucky enough to grab a 10 by 10 booth. So a lot of toy companies and things like that were in an artist table. Mm -hmm. And what we realized is it doesn't work for us. It, it's, it just doesn't work. We could fit more, but honestly, these guys, they need the booths. There may yep. have been maybe... 25% that fit well into that artist table, but the other 75, 80%, they needed that 10 by 10. Yeah. I think that's so the next... different vibe that we, we sense when you were in Hall C. Not that, the, you know, the vendors are all great, but the, the feel in Hall C this year, I haven't experienced it in previous years, but it just felt very tight and as packed as that event was. I don't know, yeah. something about, I don't know, just a very different vibe that Halsey's had. So it's exciting to see it all switch over to Anaheim and all in one room. Yes. Yeah, I, I really like the idea of, of everyone being on an even playing field so that there aren't some people stuck in a small table where other people have booths. And obviously yeah. the, everyone being in the same room. But I feel like it. you could definitely tell, I think, in some cases that it just felt very small and tight. Mm -hmm. So having more space would be nice for sure. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, it's not because they're not at a table because they're smaller or they're, you know, less significant than the other guys. I mean, Mark Nagata, which is Mac's toy company, he had a he had a table because when he went to register that that's all that was left was the artist tables. So he had to register under an artist table and he brought amazing stuff. And he already told me that next year he wants to bring all of his artists that he works with from Japan. Wow. And he expressed cool. to me like, I hope I can get something bigger than an artist table. I've, and I've already told him, Mark, don't worry. Everybody's going to be able to get a booth. Jeez, Gary, is that your love letter? Gary, don't, don't die on us, Gary. Oh my God, I'm dying. My coworkers have been staring, staring at me with giant eyes of fear all week. Um, so, so Ben, does it mean now that they're moving to um, Anaheim, does this affect the price of vendor booths at all? Is there going to be a significant increase the vendors can expect for next year, or is it going to be about the same? It's going to be about the same. Nice. We, we are, we're, we've already negotiated uh, with Anaheim Convention Center um, our costs for the actual space. We're bringing in – by the way, for a lot of people that are concerned – I don't know if a lot of people know, but Anaheim Convention Center is union free, so we don't have to deal with te uh, we don't have to deal with Teamsters or Freeman or any of those guys. It's just like Pasadena; it's a union free convention center. So yeah, so we already talked to the convention center and um, we we negotiated the cost there. We're bringing in the same decorating. Uh, decorator company that we've used in the past, the ones that build our booths and tables and chairs and all that. We're starting to negotiate, you know, things like the electricity and the Wi-Fi, which we provide for free to all of our vendors. And, you know, we're, we're figuring things out with that. So if the price does go up, it will not be, um, it's not going to be like 
hey, last year the booths were $500, and this year it's $1,500. No, mm-hmm. it's if, if anything, it may go up anywhere between 50 to 100 bucks. Okay. It's okay, more than fair. Yeah. Speaking of prices, Ben, do you expect ticket prices to stay the same for the attendance? I, I think we're going to try to keep them the same because our philosophy has always been we want people to spend their money inside the hall, not outside the hall. You should run we're for gonna... president, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. You know how to make the people happy. <laughs> Just the toy people. It's that's true, it. though. I mean, it's it's hard to like, you know, but, you know, there's people like me who have to budget the travel, so the flight and the hotel and getting there and all of that. And so to have to also pay a hefty ticket price makes it really hard to have, you know, a decent amount of budget to go and spend at the show. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's great. I, it, I mean, the I have, only thing we might increase is the VIP because we might be adding a few things to the VIP next year. But we'll, we'll see if we need to do that. I mean, you all you keep as as Gary said, you keep the people in mind, and I think it's great. So I'm glad to hear that there's no plans to to change it up. So that's good. Yeah, thank you. Should we talk about the biggest gripe everyone was talking about Designer Con? Oh no, Ben, I the d- event's going to be three days next year. <laughs> it's not. It's not technically three days. <laughs> the back cover of the book said three days, Ben. Okay, it did say you, three you days. Wanna, you want to clear that up? All right. So next year we're having a a what a lot of people call a preview night, which is basically we're going to have a couple of hours on Friday or a few hours on Friday where people, most likely VIPs, this, this is all things that we're still working out, uh, that will be able to go in on Friday and – do a lot of their shopping and cool stuff that day. And so it's we still have Saturday and Sunday as full days, but the third day, which is going to be Friday, is probably going to be something like 5 to 9 or 4 to 8, something okay. like that. Uh, maybe just call it VIP night because, let's face it, like preview nights don't really exist anymore. That used to be in the days where you would go to an event and be able to preview things and not be able to make any purchases, but... Those days are over. Yeah, we, we might just do that. We're, we're still working it out. We, we don't want to alienate too many people. Alienate them. Screw them. <laughs> so wait, now as a vendor, do I get to come in on Thursday to set up and so I'm ready for Friday? Yes. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, you, have, <laughs> you actually have all day Thursday for setup. Perfect. Nice. And yeah. Friday morning? And Friday morning, yeah. Cool. Perfect. So it's not just a preview. Like, it's not just look... No touch, no buy. The thought is that people can actually buy things too. Absolutely. Well, it's it's up to the vendors, which is another thing we could talk about because there there was some gripe on that, which came down on us uh, as opposed to what the vendors were actually doing. So, but yeah, our our whole thing is Friday night is another night for you to be able to go in, mingle, shop do whatever maybe we will restrict it to vips and just keep it kind of mellow i know one of the other things that happened this year was a lot of our vendors did not have a chance to walk the floor because they were that busy i heard that too 
So maybe by opening it up Friday night and keeping it only to VIPs, um, we kind of open it so that vendors can actually do some walking and shopping and looking around. We're still working out all the little details. Okay. Now let's say there is a VIP night on Friday night then. Um, this year and previous years, you've been opening an hour early ahead of the public for the VIP. Do you foresee that early opening on Saturday maybe not being there? Now it might just open at 10 a.m. for the public? No. Still going to be an op- early open time for VIPs. Why is that? If you have a, a VIP night for the VIPs? Um, I still think that there will still be vips or people that purchase vip tickets that still will not be able to make it friday night have you yeah have you been in la traffic at five o'clock on a friday yeah they're not gonna make it to <laughs> yeah but i feel like that it's gonna get tricky because like as a collector i mean i guess it's gonna be dependent upon what the vendors choose to do mm-hmm. um but you know like that's kind of the process right as a collector of you want to be the first one at a booth to be able to get the one of five or the one of 10 or the one fifteen that's being sold. Right. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how people from artist perspective choose to approach this additional night. If they'll only sell, you know, part of their inventory to make sure there's still right. stuff for, you know, yeah. Saturday and Sunday or, or what, because for me, I feel like, I always try to give myself the best chances to get stuff I want. So if it means buying a VIP ticket, I'll do it. And if it means I need to go to the preview night, so I'm the first one there to get it, I'm going to do it. But I think it's going to be important that they communicate what they're going to do because I'd probably be really frustrated to spend the money and the time to get there an extra day early and go to this VIP night and find out all the booths I want to buy from they won't sell to me yet. Or vice versa. If I don't go to preview night and I come the next day, I'd be super sad if it all sold out the night before. So it's, it's a really tricky thing. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like we try not to regulate it. We don't go to vendors and tell them what to do. We really rely on the vendors to do their own thing. And we're not going to tell you who you can and cannot sell to. We're not going to tell you when you can sell. But it's gotten to a point where we kind of – imply certain things like we we try to tell vendors like hey if you're gonna have something that you know is gonna be really popular and really hot can you try to save some for all the days but i know there's vendors like george that'll be like hell no if i could sell out of this in the first day i'm gonna sell out of it in the first day and that'll be that like you snooze you lose which is Wait, fine. Why did I get thrown on the bus here? Because you totally <laughs> do that. You would totally do that. Hell yeah, I would. I can't yeah. wait Sunday. What if nobody comes? There you go. You see, that's that could be the mentality of the vendor. Like, you told me to save half or a third of my stock for Sunday, and I could have sold all of it on Saturday. You told me to save a third of it for Sunday, and now I can't sell through it. Well, then just I, then they send an IOU to Ben Goreski at no. whatever your email nope. is. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Not going to do it. No, no way. But there's certain vendors that, you know, 100% sell out. And you're absolutely right, Teresa, where it's like if they don't hold back stuff on, they might be able to just sell everything on VIP night and right. not have anything for Saturday and Sunday. But. Hopefully they're smart enough where they're going to be like, look, 
we are going to have stock for this day, this day, and this day, you know? So um, yeah. I know that the Japanese guys like Punk Drunkers and um, all those guys that work with Onel, they're really good about that. They hold back stuff for all the days. They just don't lay out everything out on Saturday and like, here you go, buy it all. We'll see you guys later because they know. Yep. But at the same time, we're also telling our vendors, look, you're going to be here for three days. You might want to make enough merchandise for three days. And, you know, not, not to toot our own horn too hard, but the problem is, is that a lot of people do other trade shows and they'll do a trade show that's three or four days long and they'll sell a certain amount of stock and then they'll come and do decon and will blow their minds because in the first day they'll sell the same amount of stock that they would sell in three days of another show. Cause we have an amazing attendee base. We have buyers, we have people that are looking for cool stuff. So, um, you, you know, it's, it, it's, it's tricky in that sense, but hopefully vendors will figure it out. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I'll be curious to see how people choose to approach it. I hope, I mean, since you're leaving it open to buy stuff on preview night, I do hope that obviously there will be people who sell stuff, even if it's just a select amount of stock and they save more for later. But yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. But I'm excited about the idea. I think it's a cool idea to add an extra little preview slash VIP night sort of thing. So yeah, I'm, I think. I'm... Ben, how many people purchase the VIP passes versus, say, a one day or just a regular pass? Uh, we restricted VIP passes this year to um, 4,000 people. Wow, okay. So we capped it. Oh. But, I mean, 4,000 sounds like a lot, but when you compare it to your actual attendance of 36,000 or whatever, it's it's pretty minuscule compared to it. Right. Yeah, but 4,000 sounds like a lot. It does sound like a lot, but... The funny thing is, is to me, that sounded like too little. And, <laughs> because, and I'll tell you why. Because in the context of... If we only have, imagine in the hall, like we have this big hall and you've got all these vendors like hyped and ready for all these attendees to come in. And then let's say we sold 4,000 VIP tickets and then, you know, only 2,000 were able to make it Friday night. Imagine like there's only 2,000 people in the hall shopping Mm -hmm. or doing things. Yeah, but from a collector standpoint, I like the (laughs) thought. You know what yeah, I mean? For, like for the collectors, it's 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 Disneyland. It's like, whoa, right. this is this is it. Like, I get to like, I don't have to worry about lines. I don't have to worry about you know right. being first. This, but to the vendors, does it does it not sit? Will it not sit well with them? Where it's like, you're having me be here for four hours so I can, what maybe sell something to two thousand people. Hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting. I will tell you though, I mean, even that that amount of VIPs, I will say that it it depending upon the booth, of course, but it still seemed like there were in certain cases still lines and still waits for those hot booths. So whether it's a thousand or four, I think certain booths, no matter what, just have that kind of following that yeah. a line lines form. But it's more than I expected. I'm kind of curious. I wonder what the, the VIP numbers are for five points compared to Decon. I know they're very different types of shows and different sizes, but um, it, it definitely seemed like, at least for Decon, from my perspective, the number of VIPs felt like higher. more than 
the number of VIPs for five points. Yeah. Uh, I mean, our friends from five points, um, Miranda and, and Josh, they were, they were at decon. Uh, they were running the clutter booth and, um, I don't know. I, th- I think they had a good time. So this this was their first time at, at designer con and uh, hopefully they, they liked it and had a good time. Of course they did. Everyone oh, yeah. has a good time at designer con. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize they hadn't been before. Yeah. yeah they could yeah, not have fun. Josh, I want, I'm, Josh has been talking. before, but I don't think, I don't know about Miranda. Josh's first time coming to designer con was last, last year. year. Okay. And he, you know, we discussed five points and we discussed, like what they're trying to do in, in New York. And, you know, I, I, I told him like, Josh, I think it's a great thing that you are bringing a designer con esque show to the East coast, because it, I told him like, for me to do something out in the East coast, I don't know the locations. I don't know. I, I, I just don't know the East coast. So, I can't go out there and be like, I'm going to throw a show out here and it's going to be designer con East. Bam. How do you like that? You know, yeah. it's, it's going to fail. I know it's going to fail because I won't be able to do it right. But for locals like Josh and Miranda to be like, look, we know New York. We know how New York works. We know where we can throw the show. We know how to do it. Of course, I'm going to tell them like, look, we're going to partner with you guys. We're going to become sister shows you promote us, we promote you. East Coast, West Coast, everybody's happy. That's the whole gist of you know this whole scene is that we are trying to help each other out. Yeah. No, it makes yeah, no, I think it's great. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> now, Ben, it, it is unfortunate that uh, next year's Designer Con did fall on the weekend before Thanksgiving, which is the 16th, 17th, and 18th. So going forward to 2019 and, and on – are you going to try to get it off that weekend before Thanksgiving and go back to what this year's was, which is like what the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, or something like that? We would we would like to do that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we would like to move it back um, to basically two week two weekends or two weeks before Thanksgiving. We'll see how attendance is because one of the other things is uh, there is another show that's happening out in the West Coast that. Um, this year we didn't have to quote unquote compete against them. Um, Is this but, like the convention that should not, shall not be named? Uh, no, I mean, I, I could say their name. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't, it, it's called CTN Expo creative yeah. talent network. Okay. Um, and a lot of animators and illustrators go to that show because it's very uh, centered around that community. It's, it's centered around the animation community. Which is why they do it in Burbank, because uh, like Disney Studios and all that are there. Um, but we do have kind of like, because they're on the same weekend, a lot of people are torn on whether they go to Decon or whether they go to CTN. Only a few are like lucky enough to be like, you know, I'm going to split my weekend up and I'm going to do this day on CTN and then this day at Decon and then so on and so forth. So Well, maybe the fact that you guys were competing for weekends this year, uh, that was... Attributed to the significant growth you had. It, it could be. Um, there was there was a couple of factors uh, this year. Uh, there w- there was the fact that we weren't competing against um, CTN, but there were a lot of people saying like we were a week after ComplexCon, which is the show in Long Beach, which also 
grabs part of our audience because they're streetwear and with streetwear you get urban art and with that you get like the bare brick collectors and the vinyl toy collectors too mm-hmm. so we were a week after that but the other thing was uh it was veterans day weekend so a lot more people were kind of like in a vacationy mood it was kind of like uh hey if i come out even on sunday to this show i don't have work on monday i have monday off oh yeah okay so a lot of people you know maybe even took a drive out and said we're going to spend our three-day weekend in you know the la area because we're going to go see designer con and then we're going to spend the rest of the weekend you know in la or something so maybe that played a role in it or it could also be because we poured a ton more into advertising i think that's it (laughs) i I, I hope so guys got billboards and all that stuff this year yeah yeah, we did a lot. We did a lot this year, and we're doing even more next year. So hold on to your butts. Sweet. <laughs> it's going to be great. Well, I think that's all, nothing but positivity. No one can complain about Designer Con anymore moving, people. It sounds awesome. I know. I Can it be like next week? Because I'm ready. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm not ready. No, no, no not next week. I, You're not ready, in- Gary? Have you heard me? I'm sick as hell. I'm not ready to get the con con card again. I want to get healthy, and then and then I can go back. Now, Gary, oh, it's gosh. are it's you going to do a live recording next year at Designer Con? Dude, you have to. I I've been heard that people would like me to sing live. I don't know about doing the podcast live, but all right. Here's the way I picture it. You ready, everyone? I yeah, say, Marsham Toy Hour has its own booth. Okay. Commitment. And and basically for streaming during the entire duration of the show, you do like a live podcast and you do things where you invite artists to your booth, you invite fans to your booth, and you just go at it for the duration of the show. (sighs) But Ben, I need to shop. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys switch off. Like Gary will so, be behind the mic for like maybe a couple of so hours, and I'll or, come in for five minutes. Yeah, Gary exactly. takes it again for a couple few. Hours. George, George, do, George doesn't like to walk around. George Can will I, sit I mean, down. You guys, what is it? Is that Jess? It's me. Can I be on it? Like five yeah. minutes with Jess. Jess will be part of it. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that all sounds great. It'd be interesting to do it live. I mean, I'm kind of with Teresa. It's nice to go out there and not have any obligations and a commitment and just being able to free roam and walk around. But I know people are just dying to have us out there and do it live. So, I mean, I don't think doing it for the whole event is realistic, but no. I can see carving out like some time to do it while we're there. We could do it you like the you... panels, they do it the last couple hours of every, every, every day or something like that. Gary, you could or, literally... I mean, we could... Yeah. I mean, we could like live share, like literally people can just hear me as I react to booths. <laughs> or just just schedule it. Like just do like, okay, we're gonna be doing a recording, maybe not even a live thing, but like a recording from eleven to twelve and then another one from two to three. And you actually invite two or three people to sit in the booth with you and you record live and then the people that aren't there to see you recording it live will can listen to the episode later and you've got like 
episodes for the next two or three weeks that you yeah. can have. As long as you don't set a time to record that's not at the beginning of the days, it's later in the afternoon. You know, you got to talk to Gary about that. Yeah, well, well, we'll work something out. Sounds fun because, you know, what you were just talking about, Ben, um, so Adventures in Design, the host, Mark Brookie, he was the master of ceremonies of the panels at this yes. year's Designer Con, and I, I just didn't make it to any of those. But for the past two weeks, he's been releasing all of them through the Adventures in Design, so anyone who did make it to the panels can go to uh, the Adventures in Design podcast, and you can listen yep. to interviews from... Kid Robot, who made it a bunch of announcements. What's going to be coming for 2018? A lot of a lot of great stuff coming out from them. I don't want to ruin it, so um, go there. Oh, I can ruin one thing. They did mention, or Frank mentioned, that they are going to be working on a special mini series release for Designer Con next year. So yes, they are. Um, so that Ooh. sounds that sounds awesome. Um, and if you of, have any questions, you can ask George about it. <laughs> Well, George, fill me in. What'd you do? Curate it, George? I, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> That's so George. Lies. So, yeah. So, it sounds like, you know, Kid Robot's going to be doing uh, a special release for DesignerCon next year. Lots of other great releases, but they also did interviews with uh, Ron English and uh, Jay Rue and uh, JPK and Brian Flynn of Super 7 and a whole bunch more. So, if you missed the panels, be sure to check those out. Yeah, they, he did a really good job. Mark was Mark was awesome. Maybe if you record there, Gary, you'll get more audience participation. We can have people ask questions on the fly. Teresa, we got we got Ben on the line. You were sort of uh, complaining about the panel situation this year. What happened? Did I hear complaints? Yeah, she was. She, was, she wasn't too happy about the panel situation. What are you talking about? Oh, you mean you mean the fact that I just didn't know about them? Exactly how you would go to the website and the website still was had last oh, year's panels. Oh yeah, yeah, and all that yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben, your the the schedules were like last year's schedules. They never yeah. got updated. Well, they did. <laughs> they they got updated literally like the week before the show. So, um, and the reason for that is um, <laughs> we didn't get the information until like literally like last minute so um even the stuff that went into print you'll realize that if you look at the final schedule that's online and compare it to the schedule that was in the book it's different it's a lot of things got changed around so as much as i wanted to like get the schedule up as as quickly as possible um a lot of it was because it was it was just like always being trying to be finalized and there were so many little things and yeah, it's hopefully next year it'll be better. Yeah. I, I think it would help is if, if you don't have it at some point you clear it at least and say like schedule coming soon because, but I had a hard time both following the schedule as well as like even at the event, I will say that was the one piece I still like I never really understood when panels were happening and where they were happening. Yeah. Well, that's that'll definitely uh, be fixed in Anaheim because once again, we had to find a space for the panels. And what Pasadena had offered us is what was called the gold room, which is a very nice room for panels, by the way. Uh, but in order to get to it, you had to, we, we put up signs as much as we could, but you know, there was, there was crowds outside. So 
you kind of have to go to the auditorium area, which is in the middle of everything in Pasadena. It's where they film all the shows. And then okay. there was a stairway, which you could either take the side stairway or the main stairway, and that leads up to the gold room. Hmm. But, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're not the only one that had trouble with that. But Yeah. With, but, yeah. It'll definitely be helpful for you not to have to bounce between buildings and locations. If it's all in just one place, then for sure people will be able to find stuff easier. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be yeah. so much easier next year. So much easier. So much better. That was probably that was probably the only the only hiccups for me. The schedule confusion and the panels. Beyond that, I mean, I think most everything was like the vendor map and the fact that you all have, um, like the ability to kind of like save favorites and like star things. I think the yeah. only thing that I would personally like is maybe some kind of phone app or a way to easily do that mapping system from my phone versus having to do it on a computer. We're working on it. Um, <laughs> oh, yay. Yeah. We're working oh, cool. on a, on a designer con iPhone and Android app. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, Thank you for not putting us Android peeps. Cause no, 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 they, we, we wouldn't do that. You should work on developing robots to man all the vendors' booths for them so the vendors can shop. Not going to happen. <laughs> so, Teresa, let's pitch some of our ideas for games that we had for DesignerCon next year. Can I, can I pitch to my shirts again real quick? <laughs> Have at it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again because George was being all poo-poo about it. But, Ben, there's yeah. always only black T-shirts for the event shirts. We're only well, ever like black shirts. Where's well, some this, color? Th- this year we had, we we had, well, we did have a lot of black shirts. We did have a burgundy. Doesn't uh, count. I want <laughs> I want bright blues, pinks, purples. Get some color out there. Oh well, maybe. Please. I well, <laughs> maybe. I, 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 it is I, pretty I, funny how many black shirts there were. I mean, it's an artist community, and almost all black shirts. It's, it's true, a blue, but... even a blue. Boys like blue. Blues like manly, right? Just a nice blue. They do. Just like a nice pretty blue. blue. Like the Skype um, blue. Skype blue. We, we could look into colors for next year. We could definitely look into colors next year. This this year, we we tried something new. We teamed up with Johnny Cupcakes this mm-hmm. year, and uh, the official designer con shirts were uh, designed by them and printed by them and, you know, sold by them. But, yeah, next year, maybe we'll have a, a few more color variations in the T-shirts, you nice. know, like blues and pinks and oranges and things like that. Yeah. yeah. So we're, um, for all those listening, we're going to be actually selling the remainder of the shirts on the soon-to-be open designer con online store yeah yeah we're and also in the online store for the first time ever we're gonna be offering people the ability to buy the badges that they were not able to get at the show good idea so yeah a lot of people they're like we love the badge designs we love the badges and a lot of people tell us that they need to go on eBay and buy. Like some vendors are selling their vendor badges, and they get what? like, yeah, they get like thirty, forty bucks. You Hold know, on. if I'm you're on eBay right now. Hold on. It, it's true. <laughs> there's there's some people that sell their badge, their booklet, 
and their lanyard, and they're getting like upwards of uh, forty, fifty dollars for that. Damn, wow. I got some stocking stuff for money ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, can I can I just say the fact that you all did a lanyard makes me really happy, like an actual design lanyard, not just like a basic thing. Well, it makes what, that you have to thank Mighty Jacks. Mighty Jacks did really good for that. Like we. Every year we approach companies to do a lanyard, and we basically tell them, like, look, just get us the lanyard, and we'll put you as a you know platinum sponsor. We'll put you all over the website. We'll put you in the manuals. We'll mention your name time and time again. And it's really hard to convince yeah. people to be like, can you give us, like, 35,000 lanyards for free? And Yeah. So – Mighty Jacks, I you know I I gotta give them a big round of applause because they really stepped it up. They they said, look, how many do you need? They showed us a design and it was the you know these yellow lanyards and we're like, wow, these are amazing. They're full color, and it's yeah, it it, it just it was great. Huh. Cool. Well, thank you, Mighty Jacks, because it was fun. Yeah. I think next year's badges, George or Ben. Uh-huh. <laughs> how about you make I'm them? George. Hey, how hey, about George. since people are flipping them on eBay and stuff? How about you make each one like a different color blister carded resin toy that hangs off your lantern, and then you can open it when you get oh. home. But it has to be like a carded toy as your badge for the event. I don't understand. That would be very expensive. <laughs> um, I like the I idea think- though. So Teresa, you know how toys come in a blister card with a you know a you know oh, okay. with like a backer board. Package? Yeah, so you're that's yeah. that's your ticket. You attach it to your your lanyard, and you're just wearing this you know little backer boarded <laughs> toy as your badge for three days. And then when you get home, you crack it open, and you have a toy to put on your shelf. It could be like a designer a designer con themed dunny or whatever. It, yeah, it might cost you seventy five grand, Ben, but it'd be cool. <laughs> I mean, we're not the ones spending the money. We just come up with ideas. So, yeah, the idea of a toy being a badge being an actual toy. Heck, yes. Well, how about this? Remember that whole conversation we had about keeping the attendance price (laughs) and the vendor prices down? Okay. We'll we'll make it um, a paper toy. So it could be a flat badge for the event. And then when you get home, you know, you can press and and fold it. Pop it out. Boom. It's a paper toy. Well, I, I did that like too. That. I did some of those. There were what was it? Stick up art? Am I saying that right? Stand up art. Stand up art. Yeah. Stand up art. Yeah. yeah they they, they had like a little tofu guy with a mustache. I built that when I got home. It's fun. Yeah, those are I, fun. I don't know if we do it for the land, for the badge, but I don't know. All right. Well, all of this came about because we're talking about great sponsors of Designer Con, like Mighty Jackson. So we do have some great sponsors here at the Martian Toy Hour. So for all your designer toy needs and desires and all your holiday shopping, we got two great stores for you, 3DRetro.com and StrangeCatToys.com. 3D Retro has a beautiful brick-and-mortar location out there in Southern California. And if you shop at StrangeCatToys.com, be sure to use promo code DOPE at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off your entire order. And for all the latest and greatest designer toy news, be sure to check out SpankyStokes.com and TheToyChronicle.com. 
And so, Ben, you were talking about maybe letting us have a booth at DesignerCon. You know, Teresa and I have actually been talking about things that we could do if we had a booth at DesignerCon next year for the Martian Toy Hour. So some of the things that we were talking about was mainly it was mainly just playing a lot of games. We could play uh, uh-huh. like win, lose, or draw style type games with um, designer toy artists. We think that'd be fun. Which is that's just just basically Pictionary, it's a show, a game show back in the in the eighties. You, know, you know, a lot of stars were on it, like Burt Reynolds and stuff. So we could have something like that. Or there's a popular show on TV now, Hollywood Game Night, where I could host and. We could have two collectors, and then on each uh, collector team would be three or four different artists uh-huh. to help that collector try to win rounds of maybe something like, um, I don't know, we were talking about like uh, Toy Jeopardy or uh, Pictionary again or just other games that we played on the show. Or we also talk about maybe having like a designer con camp. Um, like a designer con Candyland. So this is something that uh, stand up art can you know probably help out. It would be on the you know, on the ground, but instead of all the Candylands, it, it would be a lot of you know very uh, popular locations of designer con. It might be like Stranger Factory or Metacom or Instinct Toyland or stuff like that. And all the game pieces could be designed by different artists. You could have like a Rhyniac game piece or a Horrible Adorables game piece. And again, stand up art can make something that could pop out and, you know, slide into a game piece, or we could be the game pieces, and I know, we have all these really fun ideas, Ben, and uh, what about um, another thing, what was it, uh, a pack of cards, how about a pack of cards, you know, designer con themed cards? Physical- deck of cards might be fun. Yeah. Yeah! All- I throw out the ideas. These are all very good ideas, very good ideas. Yeah, let's make it happen. I would totally buy a design, like a designer deck of cards, where like, and you could cover a lot of artists, right? Because you have fifty-two what? artists. Fifty-two. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Yeah, you could do fifty-two, or like maybe one artist does the aces and one does the kings, etc. I would not want so to curate they... fifty-two artists because some jackhole right. is going to kill it for everybody else. Yeah. Like, like, you know ten, I mean? like, like ten reliable have... artists, and then you would have a really cool series. Right. So, like, what the, if we just king, did dunnies expect- like that and called it the DesignerCon Dunny series? Is that what's happening? Maybe. Is it a George, Dunny series? Or is George, do you have anything to say about that? He's George, on, he's on mute and he doesn't know it. Um, I hear the whole thing. I had noises going on. I couldn't get back on. Oh, I, I wasn't listening. What? <laughs> They were talking about if if they if DesignerCon did cards where like you got like ten or twelve artists involved and then they submit designs for the cards and we could sell a playing deck. And I said, well, what if we just do dunnies that way instead? Do you know how hard it is to wrangle ten or twelve artists, guys? <laughs> that's that's what I was. Yeah. Come on. We'll we'll stick to the dunnies. We'll stick to the dunnies. By the way, next year the theme is rock and roll, guys. Rock and roll. I saw. You all officially launched the Facebook event, right? Yes, we did. I got to say, I I don't notice these themes that are going on. I know there is a theme for every year, but I don't know. They're very very thin. Very, very (laughs) like, just a very thin veil of, like, you'll notice it in things like, um, the badges, you'll yes. notice it in okay. things like the artwork, like even uh, the artwork in, on the on the cover of the of the booklets. You'll notice it. Um, uh, like Tara, she did she did a great job because if you just look at it alone, it's just like an awesome piece of artwork. 
But I think the actual piece is something called like Starlight Hero or something like that. And this year's theme was heroes, which is why all the badges were all the superheroes and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a very lightly uh, sprinkled theme across yeah. the show. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, George, Jess is home. How about you guys tell us about the story of how uh, you guys got engaged? Okay, let me grab her. <laughs> yeah, I love these stories. You the best man, Ben? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> George has. A part ben, ben was not. Ben was not very excited about the announcement. So we'll I, I was, I was excited. I was, I. Ugh, it's a long Bench story. Side it's a long... Yes, so tell us, how did this engagement all happen? How, what, tell us the story. Well, I was like, you better ask me to marry you or I'm leaving. Oh, the ultimatum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, but I don't... Can I tell the story, George? Yeah, of course. All right. I don't know if he wants to be known as the romantic that he is because he's so romantic. Aww. Okay. I, oh. I know. Okay. So, so it was Sunday night. We were decorating our Christmas tree. We had put up all the ornaments and he was like, oh, you can do the star. Like, you know, you did most of the work. So I was like up on the step stool fixing the star. And he's like, hold on. I have one more ornament that I made for like a special ornament for us. I didn't really think twice about it because he was a he's a sculpture uh, he's a sculptor so and he would do something like that so I didn't really think really twice about it it was like oh okay how sweet uh-huh. I was like thinking of what it could be then I heard him rummaging through the closet and I kind of was still on the step stool and I was like should I be coming off the step stool he's like no 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 you're fine. <laughs> And then he comes around the corner and he has these like a couple things in his hand and he's like, okay, maybe you should come off the steps. So I was like, okay. And then um, he had a a, skull, a book and the sculpture on top and he kind of turned a little bit and I saw the ring and then uh, I cried. And then I kept crying. And then when I blacked out and when I came to, I had a ring on my hand. Wow. He, did he actually ask, ask the words, right? He didn't really black out. Yeah, apparently he gave a cute little speech. Like, there was a, I remember, like, half of the, the little speech, and uh, <laughs> I don't remember. They So many of my friends are like, oh, I, so I blacked out. I don't remember anything that he said, <laughs> and I don't remember anything he said. I had to ask him again, like, did you say, will you marry me? And he goes, yeah, I said that. I go, did I say yes? And he goes, yeah, you said yes. I was like... <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> any of that. <laughs> yeah, but you're 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 not telling what was the sculpture. You have to you have yeah. to tell people what the sculpture was. Uh, so when we first started dating, um, there, I forgot what we were talking about, but I was like, "Did you ever see the short film uh, Lava?" He said no, and I and I showed him the short film. It's about a five minute uh, short film animation, and it's a song. Basically, it's about these two volcanoes who miss each other. Like in life, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Is that the best way to put it? It's yeah, a short version. Go yeah. watch it. Look it up on YouTube. It's, it's better to go watch it. I don't think my description is doing it any justice. But it's about like two volcanoes who want love and they miss each other as far as like the extinction part of it. But eventually they both find each other and 
and they fall in love and they're and they they lava each other. Oh, they uh-huh. love each other. They lava each other. I, like it. I lava. Like send me someone to lava. And so and I and I cried through that and uh, he sculpted the two volcanoes in the end okay. when they're together. And the ring oh, is like wait. its hand part. What wait, happened? so the sculpture that you all posted, you made that, George? Yeah. In your photos? Oh, cute. He made that for me. He's giving me eyes. <laughs> <laughs> giving me side eyes. Googly eyes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he sculpted that. And because and, I remember, uh, again, not when we were first started dating, but I guess when we first started talking about marriage being a possibility i just asked him like the one thing i just ask you to do is is that you make my ring box like i want you to make something for me not necessarily the ring but mm-hmm. like the box or something that it goes in like i really want you to make something and um and so that's what he sculpted cool yeah so it meant a lot for us for me at least yay romantic choice i'm so happy for you all yay thank you oh and it came with the scrapbook he maybe it's the hoarder in him that he had all these things (laughs) (laughs) but it was everything we've done since our first date together and that's awesome like every movie we've seen which turned out to be a lot of movies any wedding we went to any post-it notes we left each other around the house any card i gave him there was a flower from the Valentine bouquet that he gave me. There was so much stuff that I don't even remember even him saving. Uh, but I think it's partial hoarder, but partial romantic in him. <laughs> That's beautiful. But George, you just screwed yourself. You're yeah. not, you're not going to be able to keep this up. Like, Oh yeah, you will. Yeah, I will. Yeah, well, you think so? That's a lot. <laughs> That's a yeah. lot. I, I, I haven't, I'm a horrible husband. I haven't kept up on anything I used to do in the early days. I think it's a romantic, man. <laughs> like, like, it's not surprising that he did this stuff. Like, it's like, oh, it's just, you know, it's just George. He's a babe. Oh. <laughs> Straight babe. You know what, Ben? And then we called Ben and Victoria. And uh, Ben sat there. Like a lump. And he was, well, was the most unexcited person we've ever told in our lives. And it was. No. That was no. extreme. It couldn't be bothered. Explain yourself, Ben. He wouldn't even look at the screen. Like, I, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Victoria was dancing. Leo was dancing. No, Leo was and eating ice cream, ice cream with me. And yeah, once he was what, done with ice cream, he was dancing. What, what, what ended up happening was so go ahead and explain your jessica calls victoria and and they're like hey hey what's going on oh hey it's like what are you doing it's like oh we're putting up our christmas tree it's like oh okay and i'm like okay all right fine they're putting up a christmas tree whatever they're they're talking about that like me and leo are just eating our chocolate chip ice cream and She's like, I'm going to FaceTime you and I'm going to show you the tree. And I'm thinking like, okay, fine. She's going to FaceTime her and show her the tree. Whatever. It's <laughs> no big deal. Well, I didn't know that when she FaceTimed her – and mind you, the phone is facing my wife. It's not like facing me. Like I can't see it. Yeah. She FaceTimes them and without me knowing, she's showing her the ring. The ring is being shown. And uh... Oh, and by the way, the Christmas tree is in the background. And all my wife does is she goes, like, nuts. She goes, like, oh, my God. And I'm thinking, like, 
what is so good about this Christmas tree? Like, why are you going crazy over this over this tree? Why? What? What is going on? Like, calm down. It's just a tree. And then finally, like, like I'm like, come on, you gotta calm down. It's just a tree. It's just Christmas. Finally. Everyone loves Christmas. No, but you would think that he even if be like, no, no, it's not the tree. They got engaged. He was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then like went back to watching TV. <laughs> no, he was already so mad about the tree. He was just like, he couldn't even enjoy it. I, right. That's that's basically what happened. Uh-huh. I was like, okay. That's... Is this going to be the first designer con wedding? Uh, no, <laughs> uh, we plan on being married before Designer God. We well, we'll hold off on the reception party then, then combine the VIP party with your reception party on the rooftop of the Anaheim Convention Center. There you go. We'll have a VIP reception. Anyone who gets a VIP ticket can come. <laughs> you, you don't have to pay for anything, George. It's all paid for by Designer Con. This is what? perfect. I love it. Wait a minute. Thanks, Thanks Ben. This really makes up for everything. <laughs> Wait, I never signed up for this. Wait, this... but do I get to wear my wedding dress? Yeah. Okay, oh I think I'm in. Oh, uh, I need to go. <laughs> this is bad. Is this the burning too? <laughs> I'm going to have to charge $100 a ticket now. <laughs> Got a whole wedding going on. This is ridiculous. Okay, guys, I have a game for tonight, and... Jess, as you mentioned that you and George watch a lot of movies, you guys might have a little advantage in this game tonight. Oh, hold on. Let me go get my phone. I have to Google. No, no cheating. Go, no cheating. No cheating. Put cheating. phones away. Die. Oh, boy. What's, right, what's so this that game? Does, you might get so, to participate in the game? As long as you don't cheat, Jess, you can participate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm actually going to credit the Adam Carolla podcast for coming up with this game or they play a lot on their on that podcast it's essentially the rotten tomatoes game where you're gonna tr- i'm gonna mention some um toy themed movies or movies based on toys and you're gonna try to guess the rotten tomatoes critic percentage for that movie Ugh. um so I'm, i think i have nine or ten movies in mind and i'm gonna keep the difference whatever you guess the difference from your guess and the actual number I'm going to keep a tally of that through the entire game. And at the end of the game, whoever has the least amount of total tally for the game is going to win. Mm, okay. So wait, Gary, is you want a good percentage, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you're, you're just trying to guess what the critic review, for, not the audience, but you're trying to guess what the critic percentage for that movie is. So if a movie got 40%, your guess you want to try to get as close to that critic review as possible. If the critic review is 40 and you guessed 80, then for that that question, you got 40 points against it. Right. And you're terrible at pop culture, so I don't expect you to be very good at this game. Unless you've oh, seen the Gary. movie. <laughs> if, you've, if you've seen the movie, you can kind of guess what, what the Rotten Tomatoes percentage might be. Yeah. I appreciate your faith in me. I feel you know, super confident well, right been, now. You've been excellent in all the other games, but I think this might be advantage to George. Or maybe Ben. We'll see. But anyways, we don't have much time left, so let's go ahead and get started. The first movie that you're going to try to guess the critic percentage for is G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. From 2009. Was this the first one or the second one? From 2009, the first one. George. The first one. Uh, I say 37%. 37%. Ben? I'm going to say 
I'm I'm gonna say twenty nine percent. Ew. Okay. It was bad. Okay, that movie was horrible. <laughs> Teresa. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible movie. I'm gonna go twenty. Twenty. Okay. It was thirty five percent. So George, <laughs> you were only two away. Ben six now, away. Now wait a minute. Now wait a minute. Are you doing the way The Price Is Right does it, where if you overbid, you automatically lose? Nope, close. No, no, how this game Closest? works. Closest, even if you go no, over? No, no, it's not a point. No, how this works is a tally of all your points for the for the entire game. Yeah, but who gets the point on the ground? So you guys win this, you guys technically win this question, but for the entire game, it's how many points you were from the the critic percentage grand oh, tally so, total. Yeah. Oh, okay. So is so the like, person that has the smallest number of points the smallest wins? number of points. So like right now, George has two, Ben has six, and Teresa, you're 20. I'm playing two. And, I'm not I'm 20, sorry. I have and 15. Yes. Uh, Don't you, you give me extra points? I said 20, you said right. 35, that's 15. I'm an artist, not a mathematician. The next one is... <laughs> the next one is Trolls. From 2016 animated movie. Oh. George, Jess, what do you think? 89. 89. Okay. Ben. Um, oh, man, 89. That's, I was going to – it's got to be pretty high up there. I'm going to say 91. Wow. Okay. Teresa. 85. It was 74%. Wow. So Teresa, oh. Yeah. It's an amazing movie. I love that movie. I've seen it probably about 20 times. Um, Me too. It's awesome. But no, it only got a 74% critic rating. So, so Teresa, you win that one with 11 points. George, 15. Ben, 17. Ugh, I'm not doing well. The next movie is a small movie made in 1998 called Small Soldiers. Oh, I love it. I've seen that. What, uh, <laughs> what did the critics of Rotten Tomatoes give it as, per, as a percentage? Uh, we're going to go 72. 72, okay. That might be high. That might be high. Small Soldiers? That was that did not do well. I'm no. going to go I'm going to go like 45. That's good. Okay. Teresa? I feel like this is, I feel like this is one of those movies that Everyone who watches it loves it, but critics are really stupid and hate on it. Uh-huh. Like, like, like Transformers. I feel like they always got like crap reviews, but they're great movies in my opinion. Yeah, because um, people hate on Michael Bay. So I'm just gonna go straight down the middle. Fifty. Fifty percent. Teresa, you did it again. It was forty-eight percent. Woo! Wow. Teresa at two Me? points. Ben at three, and George, and Jess. <laughs> You're like 34 points on I'm that I'm my one. own team. <laughs> yeah, do you want to play by yourself? Do you want to play by yourself? We could do that. No, not no, anymore, no. Jess. Yeah. You're not your own team anymore. That ring That's says right. you're not your own team That's anymore. Right. All right, the next movie is Battleship in 2012. <laughs> oh, God. I've never seen it, but, but the preview alone just looked – Awful. <laughs> George and Jess, what do you think? We're going to go 12. Okay. Ben, what do you think? I'm going to say uh, like 25. Okay. Teresa? 
<sighs> yeah, that movie was. I never saw it because that's how bad it looked. Um, it have Rihanna in it. Don't feel I bad. didn't even Don't know that. Movie. <laughs> I'll, I'll go twenty. Okay, Ben, you win that one with nine. Teresa, you're 14 points away, and George and Jess, you're 22 points away. How much? What was well, it? Oh, I'm sorry. It was 34%. Okay. 34%. Wow. A little higher than you would expect, right? Yeah. Okay. So, we're going to move on. The next movie is the original Toy Story from 1995. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, the original Toy Story. George, uh, George and Jess, why don't you go first? Uh, George is saying 89. Okay. Ben, what do you say? So I'm basing this off of that Trolls got, what was it? Trolls was 70... 74. 74. So as much as I'd like to give them a higher number, I think that they're probably going to be at like 84, 85. Let's 85? give it 85. Okay. Yeah. Teresa. Even though I think it deserves, like, more. Yeah, like, it's 100 in my book, but critics are stupid. I'm going to go 80. George and Jess, you won this one. It was a 100% critic rating. No! It was 100! Yeah. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> Deservedly so. I don't know. No way. This totally movie's better than any other movie ever made. 100%. No way. It's a hundred percent. One hundred percent. Okay, we're moving on. In two thousand seven, a little movie known as Transformers was made. George and Jess. Uh fifty two. What do you think? Uh, what do you think? I think like 70 something. I'm saying. Because the first one was good. I'm saying. Uh, 70. 70? Okay. Ben. <laughs> um, I was going to say something like, um, like 65. Because I think it did, it, I think it did well with the audience, but the critics were like, no, 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 Okay. One more no. No. Gotcha. <laughs> Teresa, what do you think? This is literally what I just talked about. Michael Bay movies get shit on by critics. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the Shia LaBeouf one, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. I I think it's going to be low. I think, I think critics poo-poo on it. I'm going to go 40. 40. Good one. Ben, you pulled this one out. It was 57%. Yeah, there you go. George, you should have stuck with yours. I know. Yeah, I hear it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> three remaining. In 1987, Masters of the Universe. Oh. Jeez, I, thought, I don't even know what movie that is, Gary. It's He-Man. He 46. Okay. You realize that was the, that was the year I was born, Gary. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, so I was, you know, an infant. You're an infant, yeah. Don't know. I know what He Man is. I've never watched it. Okay. Sorry, well. the world. Is it the animated thing no, or like a no, live, this is live uh, action with what Dolph, was Dolph, Dolph, Dolph Lundgren? Dolph Lundgren and Dolph Lundgren and everyone hated it. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Oh wait, pretty... that's the actual person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
22. Oh, you know, have you ever watched the movie? Um, there's a movie called Shoot, uh, Just Go With It, and they use that name, and I didn't know what it was from. Yeah. <laughs> I'm enlightened right now. Man. Oh. Let's go, George and Tr- Jess. 22. 22. Okay. George said 22. People hated that movie. Every Everybody hated that movie when it came out, <laughs> except for yeah. me. I loved it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to give it like a fifteen. Fifteen, okay. Teresa. I'm gonna go middle and just say twenty. Oh man, you guys are neck and neck. Ben wins with two points. It was seventeen percent. <laughs> so Teresa, you got three, and George and Jess, you got five. Let's see. How are We're, we how are we looking? As a as a tally? Yeah. Um don't worry about it till the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We got okay, two more to fine. go. We'll make okay. it. That's fine. We'll make it surprise. Two more to go. 2014, the Lego movie. Oh, it's got to uh, be like a 93 or something, dude. George and Jess, go first. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I'd say 93. Okay. You see, that's where I'm gonna have to like. I like it's good, but like I think unless it's Pixar, they're not gonna give it like a high score. So I'm gonna say like eighty. Teresa, I feel like so. I remember trying to decide if I wanted to go see that movie, and I feel like it was rated really, really high. Um, we'll go eighty-seven. Okay. George and Jess, you win with three points. So it was 96%. Wow. I remember it being high. Yeah, that's pretty if high. If you haven't seen that movie, go see it. It's amazing. All right, last one. Should we do tally them up real quick? And then so you guys know what you're up against in the last round? The no, last no, no, no. Let's, let's just do it. You just want to go ahead? Let's do it. Okay. Teresa, were you born when this movie was made? Let me see. You were not born yet. Uh, so this movie is 1982, The Toy, with Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason. Uh, <laughs> I've seen it like a hundred times. I love that movie when I was a can kid. You, can you at least tell her what the premise okay, of this? So, yes. So, <laughs> Racism. Um, the, the premise of The Toy. Racism. Basically what it was is there was a the main guy was super rich and he had a kid and the kids was was able to get anything he wanted and when he went to the toy store it happened or he went to the the store richard Pryor was working there and he was playing on this toy and the kids saw it and he was like that's what i want and so they were like the toy perfect we'll get it and the guys the kid was like no i want him and they're like i don't think you can own a black man these days <laughs> and then but then they ended up offering richard pryor a bunch of money to come play with the kid because he wanted to do it and the kid's rich so he gets whatever he wants and richard pryor goes and plays with the kid and teaches valuable life lessons and everyone lives happily ever after <laughs> yeah it's a great movie i i watched it i don't know how many times on hbo i mean it seemed like it was always playing it's a, it's a really great movie like it's it is i know that it's slightly racist in its tone but there's a it's it's a really fun movie and everyone should see it. I think so. Too. Is it one of those is it one of those movies where the kids like really bratty at first and then yeah, he becomes all Oh yeah, that's exactly Yeah, I mean she's about oh. a kid who had no friends. His dad didn't really pay much attention to him. He was just a rich spoiled kid. They end up bringing uh, Richard Pryor home. 
Uh, Richard at first hated playing with the kid because he was a brat, but ended up they ended up liking each other, and the kid you know finally had a friend and sort of a father figure. And yeah, it's 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 a, it's a fun movie. I would I would highly suggest it. Oh yeah, I watched it all the time when I was little. Yeah. All right, so let's get the percentages. George and Jess, what do you think? That's hard. I would imagine because. I don't know how it did back then. Like, it's hard to think about movies back then having a Rotten Tomato score. But, uh, I mean, I would want I would want to say that it was probably... I don't see why it would have been bad. Like, it's a Richard Pryor movie. He was still in, the, in prime at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would go somewhere... <sighs> Maybe just split it in the middle and just do, like, 50? Because I have no idea... Okay. Wait, Jessica's yelling at me. She says no. Uh, no, no cheating. Um, no internet searching. I'm going 50. Okay. Ben, what do you think? Uh, I'll go a little bit higher. I'll give it, um, I'll say 75. Wow. <laughs> and Teresa? I'm going to go 60. Oh, in the middle. Split it up. Okay, and the actual percentage for the toy was 11%. No! Oh. Yes, so you guys are way over. George and Jesse wow. got 39. Wow, that tank! Mm, but an excellent movie. Clearly. It's, it's one of those movies where critics might not have liked it, but the viewers loved it. And that's why I don't you go know off what? of What's the audience score for it, though? Um, let me look. See, Rotten Tomatoes doesn't know jack. It's, so it's 11% critic and... 53% by the audience. So, Booyah. I was three off. Booyah. <laughs> Too bad we're going off of the critic. So that's a fun game. We got tons more that we can play in the future. So well done. So let's tally them up and see who won. This could take a while. Sit tight, people. <laughs> okay, so why don't we all do it together so we can verify our calculations. Give me a minute. We'll edit this. All right, so George and Jess, I have a total of 144 points for you. Uh-huh. Yes. Me too. Yeah, 144. Okay, it's time to tally up you, right. Ben. Let's all calculate together. Holy crap, I can't believe it. You guys actually tied at 144. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tie. Oh my God. How do you tie this Give game? That's, that sounds insane. <laughs> wait, wait, hold up, hold up. Let's do Teresa now. Teresa, G.I. Joe, 15. Transformers, 17. Small Soldiers, 2. Trolls, 11. (laughs) Masters of the Universe, 3. Oh, close! The Lego Movie, 9. Battleship, 14. Toy Story, 20. And the Toy... 49. Oh, oh my Teresa God! She won! She won! Are you stuck in this game? Boom! In my face! You my <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! George, you lose again? <laughs> she wasn't even for half of them. I know! <laughs> well, you guys are all close. I mean, you guys. Uh, George and Jess and Ben, you tied at 144 and Teresa at 140. Well done, Teresa. Well done. Gary, Gary, I'd like to hear an apology, please. I'm sorry. You you rock at games. 
You did well. Oh, thanks. That's, that's such a great apology. What, what, do you, what do you want? You want me to get on my knees and tell you you did good? You did good. You won. Yes. Yes. You did better than I thought. I thought half of these movies you've probably never seen. I didn't think you'd have any, like, venture of a guess of what a critic would say. So, I think you also had a little advantage going last, too. Yes, I was able to go in between. That was yeah, true. we got to do it like they do on, uh, there's a podcast I listen to with uh, Bob Bryan, who's from Adam Carolla's old show. Uh-huh. Or I don't know if he might still be with it. And they do this, they do a version of this game, and they both have to write down their score before they say it out loud. Ah, uh, that's good. Or ed- Yeah, enter it into the Skype chat or something. See, I was afraid Jess was going to help George cheat again, so I wanted to make them first every time. Again? Again? Yes! They're <laughs> cheaters, Ben. They're cheaters. Uh... What did you say about my cheating? <laughs> I, I was afraid you were going to be searching this stuff and helping George out a little bit, so I, I was trying to make George first every single time. Oh uh, I was a really tight faster. And whatever, same thing. <laughs> and uh, I, towards the end, yeah, I was cheating. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, see? They're, they're not, a pl- Jess isn't allowed to play anymore. She's cut off. I still say, I still said the scores I wanted anyway. You would have slaughtered them, George, if you didn't switch to Jess's guess on <laughs> one of them. I know. See what happens. Mm-hmm. It was that it was <laughs> stupid battle. Uh, don't forget, happy wife, happy life. I just want to say that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. All right, Ben. Well, Gary, that was that was a fun game. Thanks good. for making well, that one. You can thank Adam Carolla for that one. I just bounced off of him. Super so, um, fun. Yeah, maybe now, there's a lot more toy movies out there, so don't be looking up. We can play this in the future. So, uh, Ben, thanks for joining us and clearing a, a lot of stuff up with the designer con. Uh, so no I problem. Think that was Thanks awesome. for having me, guys. Um, why don't everyone just take a brief moment and let the listeners know where they can find you? So, Ben, why don't you go first? They can find me at uh, designercon.com as well as my online toy store, 3dretro.com. Okay. George and Jess, the newlyweds. No, you're not married yet. Uh, the newly engaged. <laughs> the newly engaged. Um, you can find me at Double G Toys and... Hold on. Hey, Jessica, do you want to say where your thing is? No. You can just find me at Double G Toys on Instagram. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the winner of the evening, Teresa, where can they find you? Yeah, if you want to find me, check me out on Instagram. My username is tmhawk24. Okay. And as Teresa would say, I'm Gary Ham. You can find me at superham.com or Gary Ham on Instagram. This has been the Marsham Toy Hour. I do this every week, not because we have to. But because we want to. So until our next transmission, we're signing off. Bye. 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 And, uh, you know, the holidays are upon us, so I just want to give you all a little early gift. So here you go. Enjoy. Toy. Exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you and toys. Life's sweetest reward. Let it flow. 
it floats back to you. The toy boat soon will be making another run. The toy boat promises something for everyone. Set a course for adventure, your mind on a new romance. And toys won't hurt anyone. They're an open smile on a friendly shelf. Yes, toys! Welcome aboard, it's toys! <laughs> oh, man.